A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Maybe a chance of some snow showers coming back around Sunday night into Monday. Why is that an issue? I was talking with Dr. Sean Conley, our University Extension soybean specialist yesterday, and he said, you know, we, we are at the point now where we just want the fields to freeze up, get nice and solid so we can get back out there and continue the harvest. That may not happen with 39 as our expected high on Saturday. We'll talk with Stu. He's coming up in about 15 minutes. Also before 6 o'clock on this finally Friday morning, I'm visiting with the president and CEO of the Equity Livestock Sales Association, Kurt Larson is going to be in studio with us. Uh, they have got some new certifications that they're offering to Wisconsin producers in the organic market. Is this a niche that more growers should be looking at? Kurt Larson, our guest, before six. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or high soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and high soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. When you're in for improving your energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for growing your farm's energy savings. Focus on energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-947-7828 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. So whether you're just starting out or on your way to building a legacy, we're here for you and wishing you a safe and bountiful harvest. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. Soybean cyst nematodes, it's a mouthful to say, and it's not a good thing out in our soybean fields. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn, and Reba, even though it's fun-sounding, it's not a fun thing to be dealing with. It is not, Scott. That's right. This is Reba McClone at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and yeah, soybean cyst nematodes are absolutely microscopic and when you're looking at your crop yields impact there's a lot that can be happening and when you think you've checked everything and you're still hitting that plateau within your fields these might be the culprit so i took a microscopic look at these tiny little soybean threats i'm here talking with ann mcgoodwin and ann can you explain to me a little bit about your role and then soybean cyst nematodes So I'm in the Department of Plant Pathology. I have a research teaching appointment, uh, but I work very closely with my extension colleagues. So they have appointments that um, uh, align them with commodities. I'm aligned with a pest. So nematodes are small invertebrate animals, probably more closely related to insects, but because they're so tiny, so microscopic, um, I'm housed in a plant pathology 
department. Soybean cyst nematodes, I think, are something not a lot of people in Wisconsin think about. When you asked during the pre- your presentation, not a lot of hands went up, and most people kind of looked around to see who else was raising their hand. Why is that? Well, because nematodes of all sorts, including soybean cysts, are microscopic. They're about half a millimeter in size at their largest point in their life cycle, and they live in the soil. They're transparent. So it's not something that you can see. Uh, they attack the roots. And they have an effect on the entire growth and reproduction of of soybean. But often there's no above-ground symptoms. So unlike a a fungus disease or a a virus disease, you don't see symptoms necessarily in the foliage. That might be part of the reason why people aren't looking into it. Is there a way to tell at all if you have these? The definitive way to tell is to have the soil tested by a laboratory. But farmers usually have a clue that something's going on. Uh, There can be above-ground symptoms if there's really, really high numbers in the soil. But most often what people see is just uh, a situation where they've hit a yield plateau. They're doing everything to have very high yield potential, and they just can't get past. There's something that's holding them down. I have to say... Nematodes aren't usually the first place they look, so they'll go through soil fertility, all sorts of other issues, uh, but eventually uh, many of them find their way to testing their soil for nematodes. And where do those tests kind of lead them to? What are typical findings? So in terms of soybean cyst nematode, um, the sort of first step is was the test positive or negative? And so then what we look at is what the population density is. And so the stage that the test uh, looks at is are the eggs of the nematode in the soil. And so the test yields an, an egg number. The higher the number, the greater the likelihood that there'll be a yield loss. And what can people do to help remove these nematodes? So they can't ever really remove soybean cysts. It's, it's an exquisitely well-adapted parasite and very uh, has a lot of uh, nuances to its life cycle that ensures that it, it lasts for a very long time. But farmers can minimize the damage. One is to uh, practice crop rotation. Soybean cyst has a rather restricted host range, with soybean being the primary host. Corn is not a host. Neither is small grains. So... Um, Making sure that um, there's intervals with no host present is a good way to keep the populations down. How do soybean cyst nematodes transfer from, say, one field to another field? I think you had said they started in North Carolina. So how did they get from North Carolina and hop all the way up to Wisconsin? So that's right. The first um, infestation of soybean cyst was in 1954 in North Carolina. And since that time, they've spread to every soybean-producing state and virtually every county. They're so small that anything that moves soil can move the soybean cyst nematode. And because they're protected in that egg, and the eggs are protected in the cyst, they can blow in the wind. They can pass through the digestive system of birds. They can travel in uh, uh, machinery, soil adhering to machinery. They can uh, travel in transplants. Actually, in Wisconsin, the first find was in 1981, and it was on cabbage transplants that came from the south. So cabbage is not a host for the soybean cyst nematode, but those cabbage uh, 
plants had been grown in a field that had previously had soybean. How can it sense the difference between soybean roots and corn roots? Well, the roots themselves send out chemical signals. So these nematodes are really tiny. They have no eyes. They travel in the soil um, by following chemical gradients. And so they know when a host plant is present. So what that means is even at this time of year in a soybean field, those eggs won't necessarily hatch because there's no root growth. So you need not only the right host plant, but you need actively growing roots. So Right now, those females have produced eggs. They're just going to sit now and wait, not for this soybean crop, but now wait for the next soybean crop. So are there other plants that could be used as cover crops, say, or in a rotation that exhibit a similar chemical release that would cause that the nematodes could feed off, just maybe not as well as soybeans? So that's always been sort of the holy grail. Could we do something to fool the nematode into thinking that there was a host present plant and just hatch at an inappropriate time? Uh, We don't really have that solution out there. That would be wonderful if we did. We've actually identified some chemicals from plants that we know uh, induce hatch, but at the same time, there's also chemicals produced by the roots that inhibit hatch. So it's not even just necessarily of knowing the right chemistry, but it's it's the right balance. So um, unfortunately, we, we can't do that, but um, again, just... Um, Sometimes the, the, a small percentage of the eggs will hatch. Uh, and so maybe 10% or so will hatch even in the absence of a host plant. So not all of them, but again, if you can prolong that period where you're sort of depleting that egg bank, everything helps. If people want to get their soil tested, where should they be sending it to or where can they find more information? So there are many labs that run soybean cyst nematode tests. There's private labs, but also, fortunately for Wisconsin growers, the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board has a free testing program. And so um, every grower is um, entitled to four free samples per year. Um, They can request a, a sampling kit, which provides a mailer, so they drop that in the mail, get their results back. And in addition to that, the Soybean Board is also sponsoring a test that picks up other nematodes. So they get sort of two tests for the trouble of sending in one one sample. And in that other test, they would pick up every nematode pest of corn or small grains or all the things that soybean cyst nematode doesn't, in fact. Ann also shared with me that this isn't just a Wisconsin problem. It's happening across the country and that there's national resources available as well. At a national level, uh, universities and industry and commodity boards uh, within states, regions, and the United Swaping Board have all come together to form what we call the SCN Coalition. And so there's a website uh, called the SCN Coalition um, that has information, great information about the problem, how to take a sample, and explaining adaptation of the nematode to resistance, that how overuse of resistance is leading to more and more nematodes that are able to overcome that. That was Ann McGoodwin, who's with the Department of Plant Pathology at UW-Madison. So if you've seen a plateau in yields in your soybean fields, irregardless of what you've done to try and improve them, maybe have your soil tested for 
soybean cyst nematodes that could be your culprit. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Reba McClone. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Gear up for fall with a trip to Blaine's Farm and Fleet. We have everything you need to get you through the winter months, like a 180,000 BTU dual heat kerosene forced air heater from GPH. Now $50 off, on sale $299.99. Save on the Milwaukee M18 cordless lithium-ion two-tool combo kit. Includes compact driver and M18 quarter-inch hex impact driver, contractor bag, and charger. It's $169. And be prepared with booster cables from East Penn, a 20-foot, 4-gauge set, just $19.99. Save on the brands you love, and now with Blaine's Loyalty Rewards Program, earn points and save even more. Join Blaine's Rewards today and take advantage of member reward pricing, special offers and savings, and member-only events. Find values like these and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Be the light. That's my motto. Hi, I'm Scott, proud employee with EverReady Electric for over 20 years. We want you. Yes, you. We're hiring for journeymen or master electricians. Full-time with a hiring bonus of $1,500. Why? Well, we get that transitioning from one job to another has costs. And we're here to support you in a new comfort zone. Join our team and apply online. Or call and ask for Linda. She'll amp you up. We're ever ready. Application deadline, November 1st. Here at Prairie Estates Genetics, we provide dairy farmers with high-quality silage minus the risks. You see, by combining our next-gen seed and next-gen forage management services, we're able to help dairy farmers improve harvest consistency, feed consistency, and milk production consistency. So why not do the same for your farm? Visit prairieestatesgenetics.com and see how you can make next year's harvest your best one yet. Prairie Estates Genetics, the future of forage is here. She knows which came first, the chicken or the egg. This is exciting news to me. It's time for the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Alrighty, we're at 519 already on a Friday morning and plenty of uh, news coming your way. After 530 yesterday, Governor Tony Evers was at the Wisconsin Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protections board meeting, not only to recognize the Aldo Leopold Conservation Award winner, but also to reassure that staff after the upheaval earlier this week when Brad Paff did not receive endorsement as Wisconsin Ag Secretary. That's coming up after 5.30. Right now, time to check in on what's coming our way weather-wise today through the weekend. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. I was mentioning, buddy, that right now for a lot of farmers, they just wish that the ground would get a nice hard freeze going so they could get back out there and kind of keep the harvest going. But the upper 30s tomorrow might keep that at bay a little bit, huh? You're right. We're going to freeze things up and stay frozen, of course, through today, tonight, and on into Saturday. But that's when it will change. It's going to warm up. We'll even have some rain. Yes, it may mix with and change over to snow before it's all said and done. But with temperatures above freezing and at least some sun yet today, more cloudy already as we head toward the weekend, I'd say it's going to start to thaw once again. You know, that greasy thaw where we've just about started to freeze, and as soon as it warms up, gets that real greasy component. That's what we're going to be talking about. High pressure still nearby, just off to our south today, and that's why we'll hold on to sunshine, and along with that sunshine, still deal with temperatures cooler than normal. 
48 the normal high in southern Wisconsin today. We'll be lucky to see 30 in some areas, maybe a 28 here and there. It is definitely staying on the cooler side. But it will begin to warm up. After all, low pressure is going to try to drop in out of the northwest. Kind of an Alberta clipper. It will extend a warm front up to our south with that warm front pushing further north and with south winds developing today and holding on overnight. We don't cool down as much overnight. We stand a better chance to warm up then as we start heading on towards Saturday. But with that warm front moving through and low pressure most likely staying just off to the north, but with that influx of mild moist air and then the cool front to follow it, I do expect we have to talk about rain first. That possibility of a little light rain toward midday or on into Saturday afternoon. Saturday evening and into Saturday night the rain could mix with or even change to some snow. At least in the upper 30s, nearly 40 in the south and west on Saturday, but with that snowfall and the cloudy skies, we get a bit cooler Saturday night, and by Sunday start cooling once again, falling back into the mid-30s at best, and then into early next week, a small chance of light snow late Sunday or into Monday Veterans Day, and much colder air in store. Daytime highs struggling to hold on in the 20s. It's going to feel a bit more wintry, and we'll get more of that freezing back into next week. I'll have the forecast right after this. Well, congratulations to the class of 2019, the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, sending some fantastic trained professionals to much of rural Wisconsin. That includes Kendra Hodge, an Appleton native that's going to stay in Wisconsin. She said her experiences at the UW School of Veterinary Medicine were wonderful, despite some cramped spaces. Demand for veterinarians is so high, so, you know, we're trying to meet that demand, but um, the facility is only so big. But the staff there and the um, professors and the clinicians are so wonderful. It was definitely, you felt supported the whole way along. Kendra Hodge, a brand new graduate of the School of Veterinary Medicine that will stay in Wisconsin. But that facility needs more space. They've got even a bigger incoming freshman class this fall. Find out about their expansion plans and how you can support them with a phone call, email, or letter. Get online. Animals need heroes too. T-O-O.com. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Today, expect more partly sunny skies to develop. Upper 20s, almost 30. 30 at Madison and La Crosse, of course. West and south winds about 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy overnight. Low to mid 20s. South winds at 5 to 15. Partly sunny Saturday. That chance of a little light rain in the afternoon may mix with snow toward the evening. Upper 30s near 40. Southwest winds at 5 to 10. And then by Sunday, still cloudy but cooler. Only up to around 35. Northwest winds at 8 to 18. A slight snow chance Sunday night or into Monday. Monday, even with a little sun, low 20s about the best will do. Very low 20s toward Tuesday as sun returns. That freezing pan, I expect it's something we'll see again after a little thawing, at least on towards Saturday and Sunday. But it will get colder once again. 
All righty, Stu, thank you, buddy. Have a good weekend and stay warm. Coming up after 5.30, like I said, uh, Governor Tony Evers reassuring the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection staff yesterday when he made an appearance at the annual board meeting at DATCAP. You're going to hear all those details. And does he have another Ag Secretary in mind? We'll talk about that coming your way after 5.30. It's 5.25. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Madison Area Crime Stoppers and the ATF, in conjunction with the Wisconsin Department of Justice, Office of the State Fire Marshal, and Madison Police and Fire Departments, announce a reward of up to $5,000 for information that leads to the arrest and prosecution of those responsible for the October 17th arson at the Madison Mallards Baseball Stadium. Authorities recovered a unique LED camping lantern that may belong to the suspect or suspects. Investigators are asking for the public's help in identifying who might have owned or recently purchased the lantern, as well as any other information related to the fire that is estimated to have caused more than $150,000 in damages. Images of the LED camping lantern can be viewed on Madison Area Crime Stoppers' Facebook page. Those with information regarding this investigation are asked to contact the Madison Fire Department's Fire Investigation Division at 266-4488 or submit a tip to Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out-yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or High Soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. Bring on more acres with the all-new Lexian 8000 and 7000 series combines at Ziegler Ag Equipment. These machines were built to cut through acres with an expanded capacity system for 10% more throughput and the industry's largest grain tank with faster unloading speeds. And optimize your cutting and feeding performance with the right header for the job, like the new Convio Flex Draper from Kloss, offering more visibility, more simplicity, and more efficiency. Ask your Ziegler sales rep for more information because you can't put more hours in the day, but you can put in more acres. Got your sights on a new trailer? I-39 Supply has done the hunting for you. Trailers to haul your ATV, UTV, or your turdy pointer. Trailers and more, five miles south of Portage, I-39Supply.com. Unleash your inner geek at the largest arcade in Wisconsin, Geeks Mania. Hundreds of the most wanted vintage vids and pins, plus the best new games and the largest six-person X-Men game in the galaxy. Book your corporate event or birthday party in the Namco or the new Nintendo room online at GeeksMania.com. Every birthday child gets a free comic book at Geeks Mania, Odano Road, across from Rust Arrow Kia. Open Sunday through Thursday till 10, Friday and Saturday till midnight. Pay one price, play all day. Unleash your inner geek at Geeks Mania. Learn more at GeeksMania.com. Gear up for fall with a trip to Blaine's Farm and Fleet. We have everything you need to keep your animals fed and dry over the winter months. Like 50-pound bags of Agrimaster IPA3 non-medicated calf milk replacer. It's formulated to help promote a healthy immune system. On sale, $59.99. Save on 50-pound bags of Agrimaster Senior Horse Feed. Just $13.99. Rewards members pay $12.59. Stock up on Stanley products. They're $2 off. Take $10 off JT Horse Blankets, available in a variety of colors and sizes. And get 2.8 cubic feet of premium Guardian Horse Stall Bedding in one compact, easy-to-use bag. 
priced at $4.59. Or pick up a bag of pine pellets. They're super absorbent for easy cleanup. On sale, $5.49. Save on the brands you love. And now with Blaine's Loyalty Rewards Program, earn points and save even more. Find values like these and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Still family owned since 1955. Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers, where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one of a kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers. A couple blocks from the Capitol on State Street. I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry. And I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called, and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now, as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Wisconsin did. And now... I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Well, uh, Barry, unfortunately, it was a tough weekend for our hockey team uh, going out to to State College. I mean, like we talked last week, we knew it was going to be tough, but... You know, you had won three of four, including sweeping the defending national champs. You rallied for a big win, you know, on the Saturday night game at home to kind of split that series. So you felt like things were going pretty well. Uh, basically, what happened last weekend out out in State College? Well, I mean, they just didn't play well. Uh, obviously, against Penn State, they stood around a lot, watched a lot. They didn't have the confidence going. I mean, they got ran out of the barn on Thursday night, you know, with, the, with an odd, odd game. Usually don't play on Thursday nights. Lost 6-1. Um you know, just uh, it was just uh, they were definitely outmatched up that night. Friday night was much better. I mean, they came out. It was two-two with uh, going into the third period late, and and so it just uh, you know there was some deficiencies that I think they just have to clean up in in order to to move forward and and to get better. And that's what they got to work on. I mean, defensively, you know, they really have to focus defensively. Like I said, you know, a week, a week ago as a five-man unit. Watch the two on ones and turnovers. So it's just, you know, when you have a high powered, you know, offensive team like Penn State, they're gonna they're gonna pick you apart. Better. Let me ask you, man. Like um, hockey players, I know when it comes to sports, everyone's like a creature of habit. Is that Thursday game and a Friday, like the Thursday Friday series, that really can that mess with the mojo of a team? You know, no. I mean, it, it, Penn State had the same thing, right? So it's it's they had the same uh, same matchup. They had, obviously they were playing at home, a little more uh, better confines for them. But at the end of the day, the both teams were playing an abnormal Thursday night game. So the, there's, there's no excuses there. And uh, I, I, hopefully, but I think you have to look back on it, guys. You look back, and, and you, the record is 4-4 four and four right now. But they've had probably the toughest schedule in college hockey. I mean, it's, it's like watching, you know, Division One, like Alabama, you know, on their schedule. Uh, it's just they played a lot of top-ranked teams. And that's why you see them. They're still ranked 12th at a 500 record. Uh, visiting with our Badger Hockey Center, former Badger Hockey great Barry Richter, and now Barry, you know it's no, you know, you can't like feel sorry for yourself because you're back on the road, another ranked opponent. I don't know that Omaha is in the class of Penn State rank, but they are still 20th in the country, four one and one, um, playing obviously well. What what's the what's the message now going into Omaha this weekend? 
Well, the message is they have a different coach. They have a different look. So it's it's not Dean Blaze, legendary Dean Blaze, who was at uh, Omaha for many, many years. Uh, they have a different coach. So it really comes down to this, and, I, and, and, and talking to the coaching staff, is that they have to just play their game. They have to look at what they're doing. They can't worry about what other teams are doing, but more, uh, more work on their game. This week they were working on getting in front of the net. You guys remember, remember Nelson Greasy Goals, man? Remember we talked about that? Well, they were, talk, they were working on it this, this week, uh, getting offensively, getting in tips, getting in areas you know, where they can wreak havoc in front of the net. Vice versa, they were soft in front of their net defensively. So these are things that they were working on as a coaching staff this week to try to prepare because sometimes you're just not going to play run-and-gun games. Sometimes you're not going to get pretty goals. And that's where you have to rely on you know, some secondary scoring, so to speak, where you get rebounds or you know, nobody goes off your leg and goes in. Barry, we 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 yeah we uh, we got to bring that one back. Unfortunately, we've used this term a lot with our football teams this season: trap games, look ahead games. Illinois, the Chargers last week. I don't know that you can use this when you're on the road coming off a a series where you get swept. But you look ahead next week: Notre Dame coming in, you know, to the Kohl Center. You got these big promotion nights. Notre Dame, the last undefeated team. In the Big Ten, I mean, is there all that concern that you have a top five team at home waiting next week? Uh, that there would be that danger of a look ahead here this weekend against Omaha? No, I don't think so. Actually, I mean, it's. I think this is going to be a great series against uh, Nebraska Omaha because they're very similar to Notre Dame. Now they're not at the Notre Dame level, but they play very, very good defense. They play. I think they're sixth in the nation in terms of team defense and goals against. So. This is a good matchup for the Badgers to go on the road, get away, you know, play against a team that, uh, that, that focuses on their defense, and that's why they have to focus on getting goals in different ways because it's just not going to be you know, two-on-ones and wide-open you know, track meet that we saw maybe against a little bit of Clarkson and then Duluth. This will be more of a defensive game, so they're going to have to, they're gonna have to focus on, on, their, on a two-way game. Uh, Cole Caulfield, Barry, continues to be incredible. Another goal, continues to lead the nation. Uh, I mean, are you running out of words to describe this kid? And, I mean, do you think this is sustainable? And are we going to be talking about him, you know, among the nation's leaders all season long when it comes to goal scoring? Well, it's just one of those guys that, that plays the game of hockey like Ovechkin, where if it gets on his stick, there's a good chance it's going in. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, 5.35 now on a crisp start to a Friday morning. Kurt Larson, president and CEO of the Equity Livestock Sales Association, is in studio with us before 6 o'clock. They've just received some very important certification, especially if you're looking for the value added to organic animals. Stick around. He's telling us that story before 6 o'clock. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. It's the 8th day of November. On this day back in 1972, Home Box Office was launched. HBO. It's the oldest paid TV channel in the United States. The first program to screen on the channel was Sometimes a Great Notion, which was a movie with Paul Newman and Henry Fonda on this date back in 1972. On this date in 1883, the third state capital for Wisconsin collapsed. It was an addition to the second capital building. It collapsed. It killed several construction workers on this date in 1883. And on this date in 1870, 
the first national weather forecast was published. And now you know. Well, he wanted them to know that he appreciates their work. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers made an appearance yesterday during the regular board meeting for the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. He said he was there in part to help calm some of the concerns that Department of Ag employees might have had after the earlier actions this week that took away Brad Paff as their agency leader. The message of the staff was how important the work that they do. And it's not just day-to-day stuff. It's uh, uh, their 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 work is so connected with the values and the legacy of Wisconsin, whether it's around water or whether it's around land, whether it's one of our obviously major uh, industries, but the culture that goes along with all those things, uh, that still resides in the Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection. Their work is important. I, I feel their pain. I, I grieve with them on the, on the, the frankly, uh, a moral decision that they made yesterday, but at the end of the day, we need we need to rise above that, and we will. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers and his appearance at the board meeting for the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection to try to give a little shot in the arm to those employees. One employee that was endorsed yesterday, Randy Romanski, who had been the Deputy Secretary at the Department of Agriculture. Evers has now promoted to Interim Secretary of Agriculture. Well, certainly his experience in the department is, is long, is, is, is long, and so he, he knows the people, he knows the, the issues that uh, are important to it. So he will be, he will serve as an interim until we uh, finalize that, that decision. So it's a smooth transition. He's somebody that's already been here, knows the agency, and knows the issues. Governor Tony Evers, he noted that Brad Paff will not be coming back to the agency in any other position, and he said he also had not considered any other candidates that would be named as deputy secretary with all this transition underway. But that's the latest from the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. It's 538. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success, like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Well, again this year, it doesn't look like Mother Nature is giving us much of a break. Good thing you know my buddies at McFarland's in the heart of Sauk City. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee to remind you, no matter what you're doing, trying to winterize things around the farm, get that little piece of paradise winterized for the elements. Or maybe it's the home your family lives in, and it needs to be a little more energy efficient. Whatever you're thinking about, McFarland's takes care of you all under one roof. Trying to winterize things around the farm. Head back to the farm department, Bill and the crew. More experienced than anybody else in this area. Like I said, whether you're looking at trying to winterize that little piece of paradise that you've got or take care of where you and your family live, they've got it all under one roof. And what I really appreciate, being able to lean on the expertise that the staff at McFarland's brings to you. They'll help you get the job done efficiently and effectively. And that's really important with the weather we've got coming up. So again, McFarland, 780 Carolina Street, all under one roof, right there in the heart of Sauk City. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. 
Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or high soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and high soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. Well, the dairy markets took a pounding yesterday in Chicago. Barrel cheese dropped six cents to two thirty-three. Forty-pound block cheese was down seven and three-quarter cents at two oh seven. Even double A butter dropped a penny and three quarters at two oh three and three quarters. At one time, fluid milk contracts in Chicago for December were down more than seventy cents. December still down sixty-three on the close at nineteen oh one. January down twenty-nine at seventeen seventy-eight. February milk down nineteen at seventeen oh three. A hundredweight. The soybeans were the optimum commodity yesterday, believing that they are still going to get some trade going with China before the end of the calendar year. December corn closed three and a half cents lower at 375 and a quarter. March was down four at 383 and three quarters. November beans were up a dime at 925. January beans up nine at 936 and a half. The wheat for December down four and a quarter at 512 and a half. July new crop wheat was down three and a half at 526 and a half on the day. An interesting new partnership is being formed in Dane County between county government and Dane County Farm Bureau. Executive Director Joe Parisi announced yesterday a new partnership to educate teachers and K-12 through kids on the importance of agriculture in the economy and society. Ag in the Classroom will be the platform they use to try to educate those kids with different food-related activities. The county executive's 2020 budget proposal includes over $40,000 in new county funds for Dane County Extension to coordinate the educational efforts. Parisi said that agriculture is a key economic driver for Dane County with more than $1.2 billion on the books in county income, and he wants to make sure that those kids understand it. He said his 2020 budget invests in a new collaboration to increase agriculture education and awareness. So, so congratulations to Dane County Farm Bureau and Dane County Extension. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler like Restylane Lift is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. Looking to remodel your bathroom? Ganser is the answer with Bath Creations by Ganser Company. We know you're busy. Give us 80 minutes for our 80 years to make a smart decision on your bath remodel. We are proud to introduce Bath Creations by Ganser Company. Schedule your free in-home consultation or visit our beautiful showroom on the Beltline. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. Ganser, that's the answer. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. Have you heard the news? Ganser Company is your home for J.D. Power's top-ranked window and patio door manufacturer, Infinity from Marvin. You'll get 80 years of our experience to make an informed decision in 80 minutes. 
Schedule your free in-home consultation and get your home ready for the Wisconsin winter. Ganser has the answer. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. Ganser, that's the answer. A lady who knows overalls are fashionable every season. Aren't you taking this a bit far? The fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke. Well, we're so commiserating with our Wisconsin farmers. You know, in this kind of weather, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, milking cows, trying to finish up on corn and soybeans, or if you've got livestock of any type. This kind of sudden snap of Wisconsin winter-like weather is challenging. In studio with us today, Kurt Larson. He's the president and CEO of the Equity Livestock Sales Association Cooperative. And we were talking, he came down from the headquarters in Baraboo. This is not exactly what we expect to be driving at the tail end of October, is it? Certainly not. Certainly not. We'd like to see a little more sunshine, and uh, especially this year when everybody's uh, got plenty of work to be doing in the fields, we'd like to see them out there getting stuff finished up. Kurt and I were talking about how this is eerily similar to what we experienced last year, except last year it was more rain than snow. That does impact cattle movement. Tell me what you saw, say, the first three months of 2019, Kurt, that maybe otherwise uh, most of us would have not paid attention to. Certainly, certainly. If you think back to January, we had uh, some extremely cold weather when we were looking at some of those minus 40, minus 50, even I think we had a minus 60 degree day in there. Uh, and that's really hard to to move cattle or really do anything with cattle. We actually had a couple of days where the packers had called us and asked us not to run because they really didn't want to be buying cattle or moving cattle on those days. So, And we know it also impacted our producers. You know, when it's that cold, it's hard enough to, to get an animal to eat enough to, to maintain weight. And again, a lot of these guys are feeding cattle to get them to grow. And when you can't maintain it, you're going backwards. And, you know, we've seen that moving into February. We got a lot of snow and, and all of a sudden it became a challenge for these animals to get from the shed out to the bunk, to the water, back into the shed. They're burning extra calories trying to fight the snow. And, and it was still, you know, cool enough then that they were burning a lot of calories just to do that. So again, it was it was a tough couple months for anybody trying to feed cattle to get them to grow. And, and we've seen that in our numbers. We just weren't seeing the numbers coming. We normally did because, well, partially we weren't open, but also people just weren't getting cattle finished. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I wondered about dairy cattle numbers, cull cows, calves, although the value on calves has been just uh, just gruesomely pathetic all 2019. But I hear that Cull cow numbers across the United States, they're estimating 33% of our entire dairy milking herd has already been dispatched because of lower milk prices, tough feed supplies, rethinking how we manage our farm. What about uh, the equity numbers as we kind of get ready for the end of 2019? Yes, you're you're correct. And we're seeing similar similar numbers in our throughout our network. Um, you know, our cow numbers have been up uh, most of the year. Uh, it actually made up for the the numbers that were down on the fed cattle side. Uh, and calf prices too. We've been up uh, this year on calf numbers above what we had the last couple of years. And you know, again, given what prices were, it was a little surprising they were up that much. But you know, a lot of the guys that that we compete against just don't have markets for calves, so they're ending up at our market. And you know, we're trying to find a home for them and a place to go with them as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about those other markets. From time to time, when I visit with you folks at Equity, uh, you'll you'll catch a conversation with somebody that may be in Wisconsin. It might be an independent uh, barn, or it might even be outside of the state. Are those conversations happening? Those barns many times want to become a part of the Equity Livestock Sales Cooperative. What's the industry as a whole kind of looking like these days, Kurt? We're still seeing some of that. We've we've been contacted, uh, you know, by a couple of other barns uh, here through the the summer, early part of the fall. 
Um, you know, it, a lot of these barns were started by by individuals quite a number of years ago, and and they're to a point now where they're looking to move on and do something different. You know, the the cattle marketing industry isn't a lot different than than the producer side of it. A lot of those kids grew up doing that, and they just don't have a lot of interest to do it now. And and it is hard. You know, the amount of resources we can provide with with the excellent staff we have in Baraboo really is supportive to those markets. And I think a lot of them are starting to see that that without a a good solid number two person that's well vested. They they have trouble with the resources to pass that on to somebody else. If it's not somebody like an equity, they can come in with those resources and really maximize the value for the producers. Not necessarily thinking of any acquisitions though at this point, huh? You know, we we look at the ones that come in and see if it makes sense based on where we're serving now. Um, you know, we look at the area. You know, the one. It looked like a good opportunity, but quite honestly, it was just a little too far reach. It was beyond anything else we've done, and it kind of would have been on its own little island. And we just, given that far away, we weren't sure we could really provide the service that, that we felt they needed from the rest of our staff. So, Now, we want to focus in on some of the latest tools that the Equity Livestock Sales Association Cooperatives kind of bringing to play. Uh, Kurt, Kurt, we've been talking, Kurt Larson's in studio with us, president and CEO. We've been talking about how growers are looking for every penny, every dime that they can eke out of any uh, profit center on their farm, whether it's feed, whether it's livestock, whether it's milk, whatever it is. And Equity Livestock just announced that you have received what is called organic marketing certification. What is this? Where did this come from? Well, thanks for asking, Pam. That's uh, it is very new for us. Uh, we we just uh, got our certification a couple weeks ago, actually. I mean, what it does is it allows Equity to market uh, organically certified animals and maintain that organic status. Um, previously, when we were not certified, we could sell animals that came in organically, but we were not able to maintain that certification. So when somebody bought them, they would lose the certification when they left our facility. So by us undertaking this project and becoming certified, we're able to accept the certificate from the producer that brings it in as a certified organic animal. And then as we sell it, if the buyer wants to maintain the certification, we're able to issue them a certificate as well. So when they do whatever they do with that animal later, they're able to market it as an organic. Um, And part of that as well, um, you know, for the organic dairies that that have cull cows or or even some of the guys that feed uh, uh, some organic steers, we we did connect with a couple of organic buyers uh, for a couple of packing plants, um, so we're able to provide that as well. Um, and in that case, we're providing a certificate to that that packer, and then they're marketing that product as as organic meat as well. Are we seeing value added for that organic product? I know we, Kurt, and I said it's pretty early on, but are we seeing value for that uh, that extra step? So the packing plants have told us they're committed to to paying a premium for these animals. Um, unfortunately, to this point, we've had one sale so far. Like I said, we just got our certification a couple weeks ago. So so having had one sale, it's a little bit hard to tell. Um, the volume wasn't huge at the sale, but the animals that were there did sell you know, pretty well near the top. Um, the other thing we do know is, is this is a, a volume deal. Um, unfortunately, there's not a facility in Wisconsin that really harvests organic livestock. There are a couple small ones, but not really anything that does much magnitude. Uh, the big ones that we're marketing to are, are out of state. So obviously when you start to to put that transportation cost in there, uh, we need to have some volume to get that cost down across the board. That allows those those packers to pay a little more for the animal when they know they've got a, a few more to take and it reduces the transportation cost per head. So that obviously ne- leads me to the next question. Now you've got the certification. Is that every barn in the equity association, only certain locations, and is this the first step in 
I don't know, pooling or doing something to address that volume need? You're, you're reading my mind, Pam. Um, it, it, this is the first step. Uh, we did certify two markets to begin with. Um, there's a process that, that every market has to go through. There's an inspection they need to go through. Uh, so we were kind of strategic in where we started. Again, we're, we're trying to concentrate that volume so we can really maximize, you know, maximize the benefit to the producers. Um, you know, by concentrating the volume, the, the packers spend fewer dollars to, to be represented and get them bought. Um, they're already there, so they can spend a few less dollars on the transportation to get them hauled where they need them. Uh, so strategically, we located two markets, uh, basically where we were getting feedback from from our partner truckers as well as uh, producers we knew in the area. Um, and we did work. We worked with Nature's International Certification Services to get our certification. So we'd had some conversations with them on where they dealt with larger pockets of of organic producers as well, and where they felt we could bring the best value to the to the industry. Um, so there were two markets we selected to begin with: um, our Sparta, Wisconsin market between uh, Toma and, and La Crosse, and then our Marion market up uh, just south of Shano, Bondwell, up in that area. Um, part of the reason. Those markets have a little bit smaller sales on Monday, and Monday needs to be the day that we sell these, especially for the market animals, to get them to where they need to be in time for the harvest that we needed to do it on Monday. Um, unfortunately, later in the week doesn't work, so um, so it was it was Monday. And those two markets, you know, having a little bit lighter sales on Monday gives them the space to be able to do this. Uh, there is part of the process is designating certain parts of the barn for organic and some of this, so um, it does limit uh, the capacity of the barn a little bit when we start carving it up to to segregate those animals off like that. So this is the baby step. Now, I assume you're going to just wait and see how this develops. And if, you know, Wisconsin's got enough of the organic, leading the nation as far as organic is concerned, uh, see where it goes from here? Certainly, certainly. We've already started the kind of the next round of talks, if you will, with uh, with some people a little farther out trying to figure out how we can help some of those producers a little farther away, either finding a trucker that's willing to pick up three or four of them and bring in uh, we're working with Nature's International Certification Services a little bit to see uh, what would be required if we were to set up some collection points, if it's the full certification, if there's, since we're not actually selling there, if we're just going to gather them up, put them in a pen, and then put them on a truck, if if there's a little more efficient way to, to do that. Um, you know, and the other thing we're looking at, too, some of our markets do have hay sales, uh, so we're exploring the, the potential of, of maybe certifying a couple of those markets to do some organic hay as well. Um, again, we got to make sure there's a need there. We need right. to make sure there's buyers available. You know, we don't want to do a sale just so that a producer can come in and bring something that, that we don't have anybody there to buy. So, right. Well, it's a, it's a process that is ongoing. That's why I wanted to talk to Kurt early on. So now, again, think about it, trying to find every dime, every dollar you can in Wisconsin agriculture, regardless of what you're producing. Now you know that the Equity Livestock Sales Association Cooperatives made that extra step to give those organic marketers of livestock, particularly that beef animal, that cow, what have you, a new opportunity to hopefully find that value. We'll keep you posted on the rest of the story as it evolves. Kurt Larson in studio with us, President and CEO of the Equity Livestock Sales Association Cooperative. Have a great weekend, everybody. Let's hope for sunshine, dry weather, and clear ground come next week. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.